0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone who's joined us today. Thank you for joining us yet again for another episode here at Amazing.com, where uh, we're crazy about Kubernetes. We love all things cloud native, and uh, we want to bring you the best, the hottest, the latest, and the greatest from this space. And uh, that's what we do. Uh, every week, we speak to different influencers and leaders who are working on really cool and unique stuff that you need to know about. So if you like what you hear here, I want to encourage you to check out all the the other stuff that we do at Amazic.com. That's A-M-A-Z-I-C.com. I'm Twain Taylor, editor at Amazic. And uh, I have with me today, Benjamin Wims, who is the CEO and co-founder of uh, this cool company called SteadyBit which is uh, based out of Germany, I guess. Uh, ben, uh, you can confirm that, but uh, it's just great to have you on the show, Ben. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks a lot for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about our conversation.
0: All right. So, uh, you know, uh, the topic for today is uh, chaos engineering. So um, I'm guessing some, some of you would have heard of this phrase, chaos engineering. Uh, and uh, some of, for some of you, it may be new, uh, but uh, it's definitely not a very, you know, widely practiced thing in the space. It's something that's, you know, uh, something that's gaining traction is what I think of it. And Ben can obviously shed more light on this. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. So it's going to be a really cool uh, conversation and something that I think everyone is going to have something to take away from this. As we start, Ben, I want to just get to know you a bit more. If you could tell us a bit about your background uh, and what you've been up to up until SteadyBit, that would be a great start for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, with pleasure. So um, yeah, I'm Benjamin. I'm one of the founder of of Steadybit, and I'm yeah, I'm a developer by heart. I I started my career in 1999 as a software engineer, as a software developer, and yeah, since day one, it's yeah, you can call me the paranoid guy because um, I I need to test in detail. I need to test under under specific conditions. It's not that I'm happy after just a unit test or something like I call it yeah, the happy pass testing. So I would like to 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 test the software in a in a in a more detailed way. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing since uh, a long time. As, as, as yeah, I started in 1999. Um, Later in my in my career, um, I, I joined a consultant company. A consultant company, um, the name is CodeCentric. And there was like a very, oh, there is still be a very um, special type of culture. So you are allowed to spend one day a week for open source activities, to do public speaking on, on conferences, to write articles, blog posts, do podcasting, whatever. Something mm-hmm. where you, as, as, a, as a human, can uh, improve yourself, can do something for you to level up your skills, but also to share what you have achieved with the community, and mm-hmm. that was my my starting point um, where I started with chaos engineering. It is about seven years ago, um, because I was working in a, in a, in a project uh, at my former employer, and yeah, I, I joined very late in the in the project, and yeah, I, I was able to take a look at the code base. I was able to take a look at the load tests. Everything was pretty uh, looking pretty good, mm-hmm. but. But then it was like, okay, now we need to go out production, hmm. and now this paranoid guy is coming back, and we should test under under hard conditions. Let me inject bad behavior during the execution of load tests, and that was like, yeah, where I started with chaos engineering with the principles of chaos engineering about yeah seven years ago.
0: All right, all right, wow, that's a long way. I mean, that was like really early days uh, for chaos engineering. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, how did you and your co-founder meet uh, uh, when you started Steadybit?
1: Yeah, we all worked at uh, our uh, former employer, so we all worked in, in at the same company, and so we we have done some projects together as as colleagues, and uh, that's yeah how we get to know each other.
0: Awesome. And uh, how long ago was that that you started Steadybit? Um, Steadybit was founded
1: in two thousand
0: nineteen.
1: So what is okay. today? Thirty four. Yeah,
0: twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. four years is a long time in startup world. So yeah, you've been yeah, around. It's
1: it's it's like a roller coaster. You are you are riding a freaking roller coaster.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you know, uh, you've been working with this for seven years or more. Chaos uh, mm-hmm. engineering. So you know, you'd be a great person to really give us, uh, you know, a brief explanation of what it actually is. How would you define chaos engineering to someone who doesn't know what it is?
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, with the, with the principles, with the methods behind chaos engineering, you are able to inject bad behavior, to, to simulate turbulent conditions, and to verify if your system is able to handle this kind of si- uh, situations or not. So, for example, maybe you have implemented some fallback strategies in your system where under specific conditions, something should been triggered, like a fallback. That's, that's something you should test before this will be called in production the first time. So you need to test in a, in a proactive way if um, your system can handle specific outages or not. And in the in the uh, original terms, or like in, in, in the beginning of chaos engineering, it was like, you should do it in production only because production is the single point of truth it's where your system is is working where all your users are working but that's that's changed tightly or a, a, a little bit that's something we can maybe talk uh, later on
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know so the first time i heard of the term kiosk engineering was you know when i read about netflix and uh, what they were doing related to this so they created this bunch of open source tools Mm -hmm. and they called it the Simeon Army. And uh, so, yeah, it was really an interesting uh, read, uh, a bunch of the tech uh, engineering blog posts talking about how they destroy their own uh, live instances and force Mm -hmm. teams to figure out how to make sure that, you know, the system doesn't go down. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I heard of it. Uh, And probably for a lot of people, that was probably the first time they heard of that term as well. Uh, could you tell us a bit about just uh, you know those times, what Netflix was doing, and uh, what was significant about that project? Uh, just memories that you have around that. Mm-hmm.
1: So Netflix was, they're um, yeah, getting chaos and engineering into their organization. They they have it out into the organization. They have enforced their developers, engineering teams, product teams, um, to yeah, be able to handle specific conditions, but it was, it was still in this early days something very randomly injected. So, so okay. the team was, so, so the team was like creating new feature. They need to release it in production, and on the other side, there was like the group um, who has created the Simian Army, and the Simian Army was like injecting a region outage and zone outage latency with the latency monkey, or like with the original chaos monkey. Who, who killed uh, randomly EC2 instances. So now the team was able to, to know, okay, if I'm in production, okay, I will be hit by a monkey. I will be challenged by a monkey and I need to be prepared for that moment. And so mm-hmm. what the team behind the Simian army was able to achieve is like, normally, uh, so w- once you can be sure for um, in production, there will be a the time where something is not working. But the time can be, let's say in two days, three weeks, in, in, in six months. That's something you you don't know, but you, you know that you will be hit by an outage. So what they did is like, they, they uh, shortened the time. They um, enforced the team, okay, the Chaos Monkey is running every day in between our working hours. So that's something you have to know. And so they, they were able to achieve in a proactive way, the uh, higher stability of their systems. That's what they what they have done but Netflix was not the first company there are also people uh, they started earlier at for example AWS as they have created AWS they have also done some chaos engineering um experiments but on a very deep a deeper level like with um some scripts some some uh, um, game day scenarios and all this stuff not on 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 this kind of yeah, a level as Netflix did. It.
0: Yeah, really interesting. So, you know, uh, I'm curious to dig into more about what you're saying about how it used to be random, uh, but seems like now there's more strategy or there's more, it's more tactical now than before. So I want to dig into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, before that, I also wanted to uh, ask about what are the most frequent causes of downtime uh, that uh, typically organizations see that Mm -hmm. probably someone who's listening to this would probably relate to and say hey yeah that's that's kind of like us yeah
1: so of course the network the network is not reliable there is something on the network which is not working maybe something is is is, uh um not responding uh, in a specific time so there's latency or maybe there are some packages corrupted or maybe there is a firewall misconfigured and that's also like the second big cause misconfiguration there are some Maybe you have to roll out a big change. Maybe you have to reconfigure your load balancing or configuration of your Kubernetes cluster. It's working on on your local machine, maybe on dev, but then on staging, QA, maybe in production, it's not working as designed. So that's the two main main causes for for downtime.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. And, you know, uh, it kind of reminds me of this game Jenga. You know, you play that, uh, the game where you pull out a brick from the bottom and you place yeah. it on top. It's kind of like that, except, you know, you're pro- well, that one, you're, it's definitely going to fall. But I think with chaos engineering, you're trying to replace those bricks maybe. Yeah, uh, but, but it's a yeah, very, it's-
1: good, very good example because today we are building on so many different layers. So we have, a, 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 let's say, a Kubernetes, but it's managed by AWS s. So it's like running on multiple virtual machines, but you are not the owner of all the machines. And it's like it's hard for a developer who's maybe yeah just responsible for one single application. He's not able to understand what does it mean to be in production with this application. Is it running in a container, in a pod, in a Kubernetes cluster? What is under um, under my development? What is on on the department right next to me who is taking care in, in production? So it's it's very hard to. Get everything in a in a stable uh, yeah, situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, on one side, it's kind of like you know, uh, it's kind of, it's fun to like it's a kid's dream to break stuff and build it again, you know, like Legos or something. Yes. Uh, but on the other side, for an organization, especially the larger ones, it can freak them out because you know, uh, thinking of destroying production instances. Uh, you know, changing up things in the networking and storage, you know, it's scary stuff. It affects Mm -hmm. the user experience. Uh, You know, especially for those organizations who look for safe, predictable ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, how how do you see them uh, adopting chaos engineering and any advice that you have for someone Mm -hmm. who thinks like, you know, I'm scared hearing chaos engineering, you know, uh, how can this be good for me? What would you say to them?
1: Yeah, Um, I can share some insight from our customers because that's their challenge. So why they started with chaos engineering is because their production systems are in a in a way in a way like yeah unstable. They are unpredictable. They are like under they are more like in the situation the teams that are running production systems are more like hunted by their own systems. There are so many incidents coming in because of an outage and they, let's say the SRE teams or the, the yeah SRE group They should improve the system in a proactive way, but they they are not able to because they are more like under under constantly uh, or inside a fire drill situation. Incident's coming in, we need to fix it. Under this kind of pressure, you are fixing the system, maybe not in the best way because you have no time for, for the best fix, for the best solution. So what they would like to achieve, these large organizations, they would like to do it in a pre-production environment, so they would like to shift left all the effort, efforts to improve the system already in the in the development cycle. So okay. what they are doing is like the SRE teams are able to see, okay, there's an incident. Let's pick this incident and recreate a scenario, recreate this incident to use it in, a, in an earlier stage so that my engineering teams or I as an SRE can test my system in the pre-production environment.
0: All right. All right. Interesting. Yeah. And what's it like for the smaller organizations? Uh, are they different in how they look at chaos engineering? Is it more easy for them to adopt this?
1: Um, they are, most of the time they are, they are able to move faster. So they can, they can adopt yeah. it in, in, in an easier way because of the, um, the smaller group of people, the smaller group of departments that are involved. And mm. so they can, they can move faster. And, um, But the the pattern is still the same. They would like to do it in in a proactive way, in an earlier stage as production. So uh, we have also smaller customers that are creating specific experiments or they call it chaos tests. And they are running it uh, 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 continuously to check if the new feature they would like to get in production is still able to handle specific outages. So it's like, like a regression test they are doing it.
0: Yes, Interesting. And who actually ends up being the end user? Uh, Is it dev or is it ops or is it both? Uh, How do they use uh, chaos engineering differently?
1: Yeah. So the core persona is dedicated or is is coming out of the SRE departments or like people that are also running production. So it's like you build it, run it. It's like the dev ops culture behind and people that... That are responsible for production they are starting with chaos engineering because they would like to get yeah more time to, to um to to create features because on features on the on the on the, on the speed how fast they can deliver features they, that's what they are measured on but if they are now covered or or like um hunted by incidents they are not able to provide new features for their customers
0: all right. All right. So we have uh, a good background of chaos engineering, what it is and kind of how it's done. And mm-hmm. I want to get into a bit about uh, how it works and the solutions. Uh, if you could tell us now a bit about how kiosk engineering has evolved and where it is right now. So you said it used to be random, but now it's not random, not as random. Uh, could you tell us about how chaos engineering has evolved and what it is mm-hmm. right now? And even a bit about steady bit and your approach to kiosk mm-hmm. engineering.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, inside of the of the principles of chaos engineering, there is also a, a method described where you are describing a, a thesis, a hypothesis about um, how your system should react under specific conditions, and that's something where you create an experiment for. That's something you would like to test. So that's like it's like the, it, this was the next logical step um, from the early beginnings where yeah. Where people have just started with, let's say, okay, here's my toolbox. I will pick up a tool like the hammer out of the toolbox, and I will use this hammer right now to to hit my own system. That's not like what you what you are doing with chaos engineering. It's more like, in this example, it's more like you are checking if the hammer, the tool, is working properly or not. And that's that's this this evolution we can see in chaos engineering um, in in uh, in, the, in this time for um, not that's the evolution we can see in chaos engineering uh, from today's perspective you are starting with your expectations you are describing what your system needs to achieve and then you are picking up like a list of potential outages uh, potential outages or potential attacks or failure scenarios you are executing them and you are still verifying if your expectations are fulfilled by the system or not that's like the evolution we can see and it's also that everything is now connected. It's not that you are only running a specific experiment with a specific attack. No, you need a proper monitoring solution. You need to reuse your existing load tests and everything needs to be yeah, orchestrated in a, in a easy and safe way.
0: Okay. okay. So you're saying that uh, the organization itself would define in what way they want to be more resilient. They want their mm-hmm. systems to be more resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're saying that the tool uh, like SteadyBit would uh, figure out how to uh, achieve that goal by, you know, figuring out what needs to be kind of destroyed at what frequency and what uh, radius mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Is, is, do I understand it right?
1: Yeah. Let, let me summarize it again in a, in a more technical way, maybe. So um, okay. you are normally starting Today, you are normally starting with like, uh, what is the steady state I would like to see fulfilled all the time? That's like, that's my baseline. That's something my system needs to provide, even under bad conditions. And now you are running a list of potential uh, outages, failure scenarios, and you are still verifying if the steady state is given or not. That's what you're, what you're, or how you're doing it uh, today. Mm
0: -hmm. Could you even explain that a bit further? What Uh, some of the details of that steady state. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, Could you give us a more realistic example of an example company that has a certain setup? What would be their steady state? Something that's more uh, specific. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's assume we are an e-commerce provider and we have an
1: online shop and um, there's like a start page where all our products are listed. So now I, as as the owner of this uh, shop, I would like yeah, to list products um, even if there was like an AWS zone outage or maybe my database is gone. So I need to provide something in my in my software that let's say the database is not responding anymore. we need to provide a fallback. A fallback could be let's say a cache of all the products. Maybe it could be a static list of the products I'm I'm providing. Um, so now, now I need to, uh, create an experiment and test case where I can just tell, OK, um, doing, let's say, this time period, uh, my uh, online shop needs to respond with a 200 HTTP status code and this list of products. And now I can use the steady state and can inject, let's say, an outage of my database. And now, during the execution, a tool like SteadyBit is able to verify if the specific endpoint is still reachable and is responding with the 200 HTTP status code and is uh, listing a specific list of products. That's how you can do it.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a great example. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So, you know, uh, considering that, how does it actually work? Uh, what happens, uh, you know, in terms is there an agent that's at work? Is there a SteadyBit agent uh, that's installed? In AWS, uh, you know, mm-hmm. under the hood, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So in our products, daily bit,
1: it's um, it's like we have one central platform, and this central platform is connected with different agents. You're you are able to run in your own system. So we have an agent for your virtual machine, an agent for your Kubernetes cluster. So on every node, uh, with the help of a daemon set, one of our agents is running, or maybe. Based on, on, on customer feature uh, feedback, we created a special kind of agent. This agent is just connected to your, let's say, AWS account once. And so we can do zone outage on API level. We can simulate in region outage. We can shut down an RDS instance. It's, it's all something we can do on API level with your cloud provider like AWS. So it, there are multiple types of agents. And these agents are in a... In a, in, a, in a discovery mode. So they are discovering your system all the time. Why? Because your system is also changing all the time. And you, you need to get a clear picture about your, your system. Um, for example, there was like an auto-scaling event. Or maybe Kubernetes has rescheduled some of your pods to a different node in a specific zone. That's something we need to know to run and experiment on your system. Because with all this discovered data, we are then able, inside of bit, to create an experiment by yeah describing in a, in a very generic way let's uh, simulate an outage from all your containers that are running on a specific Zone in a specific region by your cloud provider that's something you can do with steady bit
0: awesome and uh, also how uh, how does it work in the sense that uh, you know it simulates an outage uh, so when the outage happens uh, you know, I don't know how do teams react. Where do they go? What do they do to like make sure that things are running? You mm. know, because when something goes dark, it could be panic. Uh, does Teddy with give do out any help or recommendations to say, "Hey, this thing is down right now"? Mm. To make sure your system is resilient and can handle this, go and do that. Are there any yeah. recommendations of that sort?
1: Yeah, so um, we have a feature which is called. So there are multiple questions i need to answer so first of all okay. there's a, there a feature called weak spots because based on all the data we have discovered we can analyze all the targets and we can identify so-called weak spots so maybe there is something already not configured in in the best way or like under like best practices so that's where okay. we can recommend and uh, do some recommendations for you you should let's say uh, edit um, and and um how is it called, a readiness probe or a liveness probe inside of your pod. Here's a a code snippet we have already created for you. You can can do it by your own. Or maybe another big spot is like, okay, you're running on Kubernetes. This Kubernetes is managed by AWS. Everything looks great. But guess what? Here's one service inside of Kubernetes, which is limited or is distributed to just one zone. So if this zone by AWS is not responding, the service is also not Responding—that's something we need to be aware of, and that's something where we can point you to, and that's like the recommendations we can do. Um, mm. And now I lost the first question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was asking about uh, the study, but out recommendations on what to do or what to fix yes. so that you can stay resilient.
1: Okay, and the and the first question was also like uh, that teams don't get into panic mode. So. Yeah. People are with SteadyBit. We we are connected, or we have built integrations into your monitoring solutions. So that's that's one um, way how you can do it. So for example, if there is an experiment uh, um, running under under control of SteadyBit, we can send out like events into into your monitoring system so that people are aware of okay. SteadyBit is now executing an experiment. It started right now. Now there is an attack uh, uh, started by SteadyBit. And that's all you can see also in your, let's say, new Relic system. So it's like a release marker, but it's more like a here's a chaos test running. So people are, are been informed that there is something going on. And of course, inside of SteadyBit, you are able to, to see if there is an experiment executed. And also there's an API where you can yeah, uh, do some web hooks or you can. Uh, interact with steady to to be notified if there's an experiment under under test or not
0: mm-hmm. wow really interesting uh, you know and uh so so kubernetes is pretty complex you know and there's so many different moving parts and uh, uh you know does study will in in any way help to make kubernetes more resilient or even re-architect uh the way that you've designed the uh, your kubernetes clusters any any thoughts on that and just uh, you know um, hmm. Kubernetes and how SteadyWit could help with managing Kubernetes itself.
1: Yeah. So we have uh, uh, something is called Recipes. So we have provided a list of potential experiments you can uh, run to verify how good your Kubernetes is working. So for example, um, are you able to do a rolling update? That's something we can test for you in combination of your load test, because that's That's one of my biggest learnings uh, in in doing chaos engineering. I was working in a project some years ago, and there are, let's say, there are two requests by, by the management. The first one was like, "Okay, here's a load test. That's a specific load your system needs to handle. Please check before you go into production. The team checked everything, works quite good. The second requirement by the management was like, "Okay." we would like to be able to do rolling updates. Okay, the team checked: Are we safe to do rolling updates? Yes, but they never checked in combination the first time before they go into production: Are we able to do to, uh, to do a rolling update under load? And they failed quite hard. And that was like uh, a very good example on uh, what you can, yeah, how you can improve. And that's also something which is David, David is able
0: to do for you. Oh, wow, really mean. Uh, you know, so. uh We've heard a lot about, uh, you know, what chaos engineering can do for you steady bit. And, uh, you know, so despite this, though one apprehension that uh, someone who's considering this may have is I'm too busy uh, for one more project, one more tool. I'm Mm -hmm. already swamped. There's so many tools to watch. There's so much data, you know, I'm already drowning, you know, in all of this. And you're asking me to get another tool that's going to, kind of simulate outages you know i'm too busy for this what mm-hmm. would you say to them
1: so first of all we have created steadybit in a way that you don't to uh, don't need to be an expert to do chaos engineering it's it's a very easy way to get started very fast and you can focus on your use cases so it's it feels later on more like 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 a testing approach where you are yeah, just writing another test case like an integration or end to end test to verify if your system is stable or not and if you have done it in a proactive way, you are safe in production. So you are not getting so much uh, new incidents uh, for specific resilience or reliability issues because you have already checked and verified before you are going to production. So, so if you are doing it, you are getting more time from
0: production. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And where is a uh, study with supported or not supported in terms of like cloud on premise, uh, mm-hmm. any, anything on those lines? So um, there's a support for all uh, Linux OS,
1: OS systems. So if you are running okay. on, let's say, uh, a, a Linux distribution, uh, EC2 instances, that's, that's all supported. Uh, there's a very deep integration into all uh, Kubernetes, not Kubernetes, um, container runtimes like like uh, Docker, Containerd, Cryo, and so on. That's all supported by by Daily um, We are supporting your cloud providers. Azure, Google Cloud, uh, highly uh, supporting AWS. And um, what else? Um, you can use our product in a SaaS environment. So you can use the platform, our product in a SaaS approach, or you can use this also on-premises. There's no difference. So you can run your own central platform on your cloud uh, infrastructure or in your data center. It's up to you. We have support for, um, yeah. The top uh, uh, monitoring solutions like Datadog, New Relic, Instana, Prometheus—they are all deeply integrated in 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 um, What else? There are so there is support for uh, your existing load tests like by K6, Gatling, JMeter. And there is something very special we changed recently in in our product um, because we learned from our customers that every system is a tiny snowflake, and we are. We are not the experts to, let's say, write 100 attacks or 100 discovery components based on your internal infrastructure. You are the experts. And that's something our customers requested. OK, can we do something by our own? So there is a new concept. It's called extensions. So the central platform is, um, is provided by SteadyBit. And then there are extensions where you can create your own verifications. You can create your own discovery components. Maybe you, there's a legacy component inside of your system you would like to run an attack on. You can also run your own attack extension. That's something where people can contribute to, to Stadybit. And it's in an open source way. So all the extensions are open source. Um, there is like an extension for, um, for Kong API Gateway. Already supported and and uh, by Statelybit, and also there is a contribution by one of our customers, Mano Mano, an e-commerce provider from France, um, where you can simulate an outage on API level, like this route is not responding, or maybe there is latency in specific uh, um, uh, request uh, on a specific request. That's something you can yeah do. That's what we supported
0: really cool wow that's a lot of uh, integrations is. and i think it's really widely uh, you know supports a lot of different uh, tools and solutions that you know uh, organizations already use yes. so it looks like a lot of work really going into study with and uh, not surprised i mean four years that you've been building this so you know yeah it's, it's quite a while um you know and if someone wants to get started with study with uh, what's the best way how do they uh, go about it how quickly can they get started
1: mm-hmm. So um I'm a as mentioned in the beginning, I'm a developer by heart. And developers or, or people from our community or also people from the SRE department, say first would like to get started with the product. They don't like to talk to salespeople or they don't like to get a demo or whatever. let mm-hmm. let me let me get my hands into the product. If the product yeah. is working good and is 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 fulfilling all the requirements, then I'm I will contact you anyway. So um, that's why we started with a yeah, a free plan with SteadyBit. So you can play around with the product. You can just sign up um, on our website, uh, uh, free plan, start free with SteadyBit. Then you are able to yeah, create a team. You can um, uh, invite maybe your colleagues if you would like to. And also you are allowed to run up to 10 agents inside of, of SteadyBit to yeah, play around with the features. There's no credit card required. There is no limitation uh, in, 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 in the test period. Please feel free to, to play around with the product.
0: Hmm. Nice. And how? Uh, what are some of the initial uh, results? And you know, um, some of the good things that your your customers see when they uh, adopt Steadybit. Uh, what mm-hmm. are some of the first results? Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, one of the one, one of the results is like um, the number of incidents is getting down. So yeah. incidents related to resilience or reliability issues is getting down. One customer is is telling us uh, 30% quarter over quarter, they were able to reduce the number of incidents to reliability issues. Mm-hmm. And how they are doing it is like um, that's, that's the flow they are doing, or that's like the journey they, are, um, they had is, OK, let's start with one experiment. What is the best experiment we should yeah, start with, they are taking a look at the at the uh, incidents from let's say last week or the incidents from last quarter. They they are um, getting all the data out of this incident and they recreating a specific incident from the past. And then they are starting it once uh, you know, manually. They are seeing, okay, if the system is able to handle this incident now or not. If not, okay, we need to fix it. And then they can reuse the existing already existing experiment to verify, OK, are we are we safe now or not? If this experiment is then later on successful, it's been automated. It's been part of their release train. So in front of every big release or big deployment into production, they are executing a list of of um, experiments automatically via API with bit. And then they, they are able to see, OK, how big is the risk we are taking? Are we safe to go on production or not? Is there something we can now handle, or is it maybe even getting worse uh, compared to the last release. Uh,
0: really cool yeah 30% quarter on quarter reducing incidents yeah. is huge. Uh, I think that's like every SRE's dream come true. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, this was based
1: on on the infrastructure of uh, Kubernetes so they have uh, recreated a, a big application into a microservice driven architecture running on Kubernetes managed by uh, Azure. No, sorry, AWS. And that's how they were able to to yeah, decrease the, the number of incidents.
0: Awesome, and uh, you know, so uh, in in the space as well, you know, in with SREs especially, uh, where do you see uh, you know awareness of chaos engineering? Do you see it as you know most SREs are aware of chaos engineering, uh, and uh, you know how much of them are aware one and two? Mm. How much of them actually practice chaos engineering in some mm. form? Uh, what do you see out there?
1: so um yeah the, the term or like the principles behind chaos engineering they are already aware of say it's it's not a new topic it, it started some years ago it was been pushed by Netflix uh, there are some other um, startups and and sorry companies out uh, out out there that are doing chaos engineering and um since yeah since the last years I can see that the number of, of companies who are already now or now, getting started to do chaos engineering is increasing. So it's like there's more more coming in. You can also take a look at the last Gartner report where they are talking about the digital immune system you have to build, and chaos engineering is one element how to verify how how safe you are. So it's like it's now it's now this shift that people are also yeah, doing it in their day to day life.
0: All right, all right, neat. And uh, you know how does pricing work with SteadyBit? Mm-hmm.
1: Easy. <laughs> that's, that's Easy, the, that's, the, that's the answer. Um, so we are doing it on a team-based approach. You, you will be charged per team, and there is no limitation on the experiments you are running. There is no limitation on the people that you are inviting to your team. It's just that we are charging you by the number of teams you are using in the product. Why the number of teams? Because um, it really depends on the size you are running on. So if you are a very large organization, you are not safe if you are running chaos engineering with all people in just one team. Then you are killing yourself, or colleagues, or applications from your colleagues. Uh, that's something you you need to yeah handle, and that's where yeah you are creating new teams. That's the pricing
0: model. Interesting, interesting. So it's a very collaborative thing that yes. different teams need to come together. Yes. So it's that, that... that's also yeah.
1: something we can see from from the customer side. That's so like. There's one expert group who's getting started to, to prepare everything for chaos engineering. And then after the creating, uh, creation of, of first experiments, they are like handing it over to, to their colleagues. Okay, here's something I prepared for you or here's something I already executed for you. Here's a report. That's something you need to fix. If you have fixed it, please come back to me or maybe just replace this uh, test case I already provided to you. you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, is there any uh, training, onboarding, help that uh, Studybit provides? Considering this involves multiple teams and mm-hmm. it's a culture, it's a culture problem, right? I mean, you're trying to change culture as well, uh, not just uh, tasks and processes, but the whole culture. So, is there any onboarding, training, help that Studybit provides?
1: So, we we um, created Studybit in a way that you are very Yeah, very safe to run the first experiment so there's like a wizard inside of stativit that is like asking you specific questions um where you would uh, like to run a specific experiment what kind of experiment you would like to run that's how we can guide you also um with the help of our weak spots that's something we can point you to specific areas areas of your system where you can start And also, we have a feature called landscape. It's like a map we are able to build out of all the discovered data of your system to see uh, all the connections in between, how you have uh, separated your, let's say, Kubernetes namespaces or created your Kubernetes namespaces. That's something where we can enable you to do it in a safe way. And then, yeah, you can, yeah use our UI to drag and drop specific scenarios you can uh, reuse our recipes to yeah start in a very easy way with some guidance uh, yeah along
0: right. all right really cool uh thanks so much for all of the information Ben it was uh you know quite insightful and exciting I think uh, you know for someone who is interested in chaos engineering I think you really uh, made the whole idea uh something that they should try. And uh, that study bit seems to even make it very easy with a lot of uh, you know, um, stuff that's already designed into the product mm. about uh, you know how to to simulate outages and even, uh, you know help on how to handle those, those outages when they happen. Uh, and even some of the uh, you know, the results were, were quite inspiring. 30% uh, improvement in uh, you know in, in downtime quarter on quarter, mm. that's huge. So uh, anyone listening to this, if this sounds interesting to you, uh, definitely go and check out uh, what SteadyBit is up to. Check out their product, like Ben said, go and download uh, the trial and play around with it and see what it's capable of. And I think, uh, you know, you'll find something that you will want to use and that can really uh, improve life for you as an SRE or DevOps person and eventually for your end users. So, So definitely go and check out SteadyBit. Um, ben, before you go, we've got a couple of questions to get to know you a bit. Uh, so, wanted to ask you uh, first to start off, which I ask every one of my guests on the show, uh, what would be your alternate career if not for uh, your job in tech? Mm-hmm.
1: Something in in the nature, something out, something maybe in the woods or uh, yeah, in in this kind of yeah, because also okay. free time. I I uh I can I I can have as as a as a founder and a dad of two two kids, is something I I would like to uh, do outside, or okay. I'm doing right now
0: outside. Any particular outdoor activity? Do you cycle, trek, or do something else?
1: Yeah. yeah, um, so it's it's like mountain biking or hiking or just to be out, just to be outside.
0: Yeah, neat, yeah yeah, uh. So, yeah, so you're a CEO co-founder. So I want to ask about uh, you know. Who do you look up to as a CEO uh, from another company? Uh, do you have anyone who inspires you? who you think like you know? Yeah, I'm a fan of that mm. CEO. Mm.
1: Not not a specific person, but all the people, yeah that that are on on this mission to to create something. So it's like all the people who are like doing a startup in in. Tech or non-tech, whatever, but it's more like where you can see all this, 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 this power, this, the vision behind, and how people are fighting for for their own vision and how to make it successful. That's that's what I'm a big fan of. And that's what I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm watching and listening. Listening.
0: It's a great response. I think, yeah, definitely a lot of enthusiasm and energy there yes. when you look at look around itself.
1: Yeah, and uh, what yeah. I would like to add is.
0: Sure. People who
1: are honest. It's not everything is like happy, or it's not always like to be fun in in, in this in, in the startup world. So if people are sharing, let's say that was my biggest fail, or that was something I did wrong, but I learned X Y Z. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Mm, really cool. Yeah, that is rare though, and uh, yeah, it, it is refreshing when you see it. Honesty. Uh, the next question. So, you know, as CEO, you obviously wear uh, many hats. You're doing different roles at different times. Uh, But which of it do you most resonate with? Which are you most proud of? Or which do you enjoy the most? Is it uh, Mm -hmm. being the the business guy, being the the finance guy, the product guy, or the developer, or the marketer? Mm -hmm. Which of these really excites you most? Mm -hmm. Um, My my biggest motivation... uh,
1: even before SteadyBit, it's like I, as a developer, product engineer, was able to achieve something, and then I would like to talk about it, to share it with other people. And this immediately getting this kind of feedback, that's my, my biggest motivation. So it's like the head of product engineer guy.
0: Really
1: cool. Where oh. I, where I can talk with, with our customers, where I can talk with, with some people on a conference or maybe on Stack Overflow to... To understand what kind of problem they they have and what they would like and how they or how can I be helpful to to fix this problem.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah, you want to stay close to the product. Yes. Uh, well, what would you say is the best thing to happen in tech over the past decade? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: in my bubble, it is uh, this. The shift from 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 all the big monoliths into microservice-driven architecture. That's okay. where where the speed is coming up. That's where you can be so creative. Where you can get new features. You can reuse existing very very unique technologies to 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 find the best solution for your product. It's like this this big, I'll call it big toolbox of 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 um of of technology you can use today. To solve the specific problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, the last question for you, Ben, is um, where do you go to find out what's the latest and greatest in the tech space? What's mm-hmm. your source for news and you know uh, what's what's trending?
1: Yeah. So it's uh, no longer Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> um, normally the answer. Well, some time ago, it was was like uh, watching watching the Twitter stream, but nowadays it's more interesting for me to to see what's going on on LinkedIn and then what everyone is like um, writing about on on blog posts. So something I can consume in an, in an asynchronous, asynchronous way, like a po- watching, uh, not watching, listening to a podcast, something in, in this area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah it's medium LinkedIn, um, it is uh, Reddit, it is um, still Stack Overflow for for me, sometimes not so
0: often. Yeah, I think LinkedIn has definitely come a long way since back in the day. It's kind of like really addictive now. You you find it hard to leave LinkedIn sometimes.
1: (laughs) It is absolutely. And it's also like um, the quality is very high. It's still very high. It's not like so noisy, like, like Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben, uh, with that, we come to the end of our chat for today. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, hosting you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing, uh, all of that with us today. And, My pleasure. Uh, and for everyone who's watching, uh, another reminder, go and check out SteadyBit and what they're doing with their products. Really cool. What we just heard. And, uh, if you want to uh, keep track of what we're doing here at amazing, uh, just uh, visit us, amazing.com uh, Check out all of our other interviews, articles, job listings, KubeCon coverage, et cetera. Uh, follow us on our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, you'll be in the know. Uh, with that, uh, I'd like to sign off. And thank you so much again for joining. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me.